0: hello 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 welcome to another edition of the Hour football podcast episode 109 welcome back everybody happy 2023 it's such an important year for women's soccer and i'm so happy to have this podcast up and running um just a few minor changes one of them being this will probably be the last time you hear my voice for some time um i might still be doing the intros which uh, eugene and adriana who adriana of course you've known as my counterpart always and eugene who's been a regular co-host um is going to be helping me out a little bit for the time being so just wanted to come in they were very they were super cool in letting me do this intro letting me introduce the pod to start the year off and I can't wait for you guys to get to listen to everything that they have to say um, so without further ado here are Eugene and Adriana
1: Welcome back to our football so we have a lot to talk about what a week, what a week, week three Adriana, what were your your initial thoughts about this, uh, this wild uh, week in in Mexican football.
0: Um, Two things in particular first of all was the oh no liches is is probably injured and what the hell is going on (laughs) (laughs) that particular moment of crisis. Um, I mean, because we've seen her, we've seen her be- been injured like every single season, which is amazing because despite that she has such an amazing goal scoring record. Uh, but there was, yeah, definitely a moment of panic. <laughs> yes. And then, um, the other thing was again, like the huge goal differential because so many people started talking about it. Um, particularly people that don't always follow the league. And then they're like, Oh no, there, there's like, there's like another seven zero victory from. America Chivas, Rayadas, Tigres, um, um, what's going on with the league? And there was this like huge conversation on social media regarding if the league is is taking a step back, what's going on? um, Why are other clubs not um, investing as much as they should in the women's project? So uh, particularly those two things were probably what I heard about the most during the during the weekend. Uh, How about you?
1: Yeah, no, that was those were the those were the big talking points. I also uh thought that um that the Chivas and Santos game, besides lecha's injury, was a classic. Um it was just two teams that went for one another and the, the play was was fantastic. It was almost a shame that somebody had to win. Um, but hats off to to Chivas uh for, for pulling pulling that one out, um, quite frankly. And, um, you know, I think besides that, uh, something else, uh, you know, we talked, you talked a little bit about um, Mazatlan, you know, losing to to Ryadas and the big goal differential. Uh, And and unfortunately in in that same vein was Toluca um, kind of disintegrating right? Uh, so they got rid of, they announced that they got rid of goalkeeper Daniela Lozano. They got rid of uh, defender Naomi Granada, oh, sorry, Naomi Granadas yep. and uh, Gloria Vijamayor. Uh, and also it was reported from 2 that Yamanek Martinez, their, their longtime captain, was also uh, rumored to be, to be out from there. Um, and it, that from a team that, you know it was always kind of right there on the periphery of making the liga or actually getting into the liga to have three actual players and possibly a fourth player especially the one of martinez kind of stature um going out is is crazy uh, it's crazy to me
0: yeah definitely i think it's one of those things that um shakes up the league in in a negative way because I mean, we have spoken a lot about how the league has grown and how players, I mean, the wages are better. They're not uh, probably where they should be, but they are better from where they started off um, almost six years ago. Uh, We start to see some clubs have um, some growth. Um, Others kind of seem stuck uh, where they are at this moment. Um, But then one of the things that tends to happen is whenever you have something like this, like players being um, let go from the team, not halfway through the season, but three weeks in, um it it kind of it, it made me think about how that happened at Puebla sometime that some players had some um some issues off field and it was like a disciplinary measure and they were let go as well um whenever some I think it was Monterrey at some point had to travel and players were posting videos of how they were traveling by bus and they had to sleep on the bus and it was terrible conditions so it's just like one of those, th- those things that kind of like taint the league in the in a, really negative way because it's just one of the things you, I mean, we want to worry only about what's going on uh, during the games on the pitch. Um, And this is a consequence of what happened on, on a particular game, but still you don't want to see those kind of measures being taken in a league um, that's growing every single day to be more professional, more competitive. So I really regret that because, again, it it starts, um, people start talking about what's wrong with the league and it kind of gets like this negative and pessimistic feeling to it, which I really don't think it deserves at this point. But still, I mean, it means that something has to has to be uh, improved at some point. Maybe it's communication with the players. Maybe it's getting um, setting some boundaries regarding social media, regarding what um, I I saw one of the players, uh, I think it was her dad. Yeah. Um, start, started posting something and complaining, there has to be a limit there, right? There has to be some respect. I understand that as a parent, you can probably uh, be really angry about decisions that take place in a club, but at the end of the day, it is a job At some uh, in some way. Um, you do have to respect it and you do have to you have to work for it. You might not agree with it all the time, but still there has to be some respect to what other people are working on. So yeah, I, I guess it means maybe clubs have to be a bit more specific about sending, setting some kind of boundaries uh, in that way. And making sure that um, those kind of commentaries don't like uh, don't don't filter their, themselves into the into the clubs.
1: I agree wholeheartedly, and I you know I want to make clear that I don't think any of us really know the full story of what happened, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's where a lot of kind of speculation and people connecting dots that may or may not be connected um, happens, and you know, if you if you kind of think about it, that's really the fault of the club for not getting out in front of that, right? Um, it would be very easy to say, even something like, you know, we had to let these players go because of indiscipline or, you know, and kind of leave it at that. But to just say they're gone um, yes. three weeks in uh, with with no explanation, um, that's, you know, that just lends it, that opens itself up to people you know speculating yeah,
0: Imaginating, it yeah speculating obviously. yeah
1: yeah you know and and that's just and those unfortunately those narratives can kind of take on a life of, of their own um you know uh, it it would be good for for Toluca to come out and and say something um mm-hmm. a, about it and and who all is or is not um in the club um you know if if they let Martinez go like they should come out and say that we have also let Yamanic Martinez go, Um, or even putting out something, you know, contrary to reports, uh, Yamanic Martinez is a, is still a member of our club and we will be moving forward as such just to kind of give a definitive up or down, yes or no on, on the player status, but that this is, this is what they're focusing on in week three, going into week four of a season where they were kind of expected to, you know, no, I don't think anybody expected them to challenge Tigres or Pachuca for um the title, but I think they were kind of expected to at least challenge for a spot in the Ligia. Um yeah. that's tough. And that's certainly not going to help them uh, achieve those achieve those ends.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably what I regret the most. Is um particularly at the beginning of the league, like 2017, 2018, Toluca was one of those teams that was like scratch like they were like barely holding on to to qualifying for league yeah but they were there right it was at least halfway like half half the job done right yeah. um and then now seeing them um they're i mean they're in 16th place uh doing terribly not not um not showing up like they don't look solid uh, on the field off the field with all these situations so it is a step back for the club after seeing them do so well at the beginning of the league or at least doing way better than they are at this point so that's probably what I regret the most is seeing some teams take steps back when they should be again challenging. You know the stronger teams, the ones we've we've spoken about so many times: Monterrey, Tigres, Chivas, uh, América. Um, particularly because we we've, we're seeing another team do it this season, which is Juárez. They're doing amazingly well. Yes, um, they are. They're surprising everybody. So then it's only a matter of really investing in a project, uh, sticking to it, and. I'm again. I mean, Juarez is third place, uh, unbeaten, playing quite well. They they beat Pachuca. Um, I think we all thought like the magic was probably going to end there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it was like, yeah, they're doing well, but no, they're probably not going to win against Pachuca, and they did. So it's, it's like, like, um, like letting other clubs know, like, Hey, you can do this. This is possible. You just have to stick to a project. It doesn't mean they're going to be champions. Doesn't mean, um, but it's, again, just starting off the season, the way they have is quite impressive.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. I think they've got a really special project going on there. I think Mila Martinez has them playing good. I think you saw bits and pieces of that at the end of last year, last season, um, and maybe even throughout the season i think that the kind of the sparks were always uh there uh, but it seems like everything is really coming together nicely for Juárez at this point in time i was surprised that they beat Pachuca i'm not going to lie i didn't think Pachuca <laughs> everyone was, was. <laughs> i didn't think Pachuca was going to roll them over like they did against Mazatlán but i also thought it was going to be a little bit closer um mm. you know the score ended 2 to nothing but watching that game like Pachuca really didn't look in it at most most of the game. I thought Juarez really controlled the game well. I thought um the for that first goal where they hit um Casares' far post, they had been trying that and trying that a couple of different times with uh Mia Swazwa putting that crossover. Uh and then finally De- Delgadillo did it and, and it connected. And that was when it just kind of opened. Um uh for for Juarez uh at least and and really said. That they're going to do this. That they, you know, Pachuca is not going to come in here and and steal a point. Even that that this is this is going to be Juarez's match, and this is their kind of coming out party to the rest of the league. Like, don't <laughs> don't overlook us. Uh, we are we are here.
0: Yeah, I mean, and they face Chivas this week, which will be also really interesting because, again, I think it's not that we thought less of Juarez. It was just that Pachuca was coming in after beating Toluca ten to two. So. <laughs> I mean, the goals were there. So whenever you you, I I at least thought they'd be capable of scoring against Juarez, um, seeing as though Juarez not only beat them, but also managed to keep um, like no goals against them. um, I'm I I don't know what to think about that Chivas game. (laughs) I, I really do think it could be a lot, a lot more difficult than we think um licha will be out as we just mentioned she she is injured um the club sent out a press release thank you chivas because we we do appreciate it when you actually let us know what what's going on with the players yes um they didn't say how long she'll be out it just depends on a day-by-day basis and recovery so um but i i guess it's fair to say that she won't be available for the juarez game i don't Mm, think they'll risk her yeah Um, most most likely yeah
1: most likely she would not be available it was a grade 2 sprain of the of the left knee um i think our collective uh fear was that it was an acl injury like we've seen so many times in the past year in women's soccer thankfully it was not that it was just a sprained knee it looked like a pretty badly sprained knee but those uh certainly take less time to heal than um an acl injury so uh, you know, Licha, we know you're listening to us um, well <laughs> soon. Uh, we we look forward to seeing you back on the pitch, but we don't think it's going to be this week against Juarez. And I think that might just be the opening that Juarez needs. Um, uh, Chivas looked really good in the second half uh, against Santos. Um, Santos and Chivas have a history of playing these kinds of games uh, really evenly matched games uh, where they just go at one another. And I thought this was another kind of one of those uh, where both teams did really well. Um, it's, it's not, you know, I think the scoreline, um, you know, I, I think most people would have expected Chivas to beat Santos. Um, I don't think that was a surprise. I think how Santos kind of held themselves um, against a team like Chivas um, was, was remarkable. Um, but I credit to Chivas uh, too. And I think that they're going to come in against uh, Juarez kind of uh, looking to, to build off of getting that, that tough, uh, tough road win.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, looking at other scores again, we're, we're seeing these top teams um, started get a, a larger difference uh, regarding the others. I, but again, I mean, Atlas beating four to one to Nick Axa, um showing that, I mean, they're there, right? It, it, they're still like hanging on to seventh place. Um, but uh, Atlas is one of those teams that I sometimes regret so many players leaving because I really do think that they have great potential at some point. And then when they do have like really key players, they leave the team. <laughs> but still, I mean, happy to see them um, push forward. Nagaxa, one of those teams that, again, like we were mentioning at the beginning of the pod, um it's still struggling, right, to, to find um, good, good performances throughout a season. They might surprise us occasionally, but still, I, I think they need um, a bit more consistency throughout the league to, to be one of those teams that can complicate things for, for the other teams. So, um, yeah, I mean, happy to see Fabiola Vargas uh, getting that victory with, with, with Atlas. And Cruz Azul also surprising 3-0 win against Atlético de San Luis. Uh, Cruz yeah. Azul is also, like, quietly, like, looming those, like, uh, Liguilla positions. Um, I'd be really happy to see them in, in the Liguilla. I, I think they, they like, they've been missing some uh, Liguillas, quite unfortunately. Usually it, it depends, like, on the last game of the season, <laughs> which is really terrible because, I mean, other teams qualify easily with, like, three weeks advance. And then Cruz Azul is, like, playing everything, like, their entire future in the last game. Um so hopefully that won't be the case this season. Hopefully they'll have a bit more of a, of a of an advantage uh come week 17. But still, I mean happy, happy to see them. And I mean America also getting at 5-0 win against against charlos Um did it, what what do you think of these games, Eugene? Did you see any of them?
1: I did. I watched the Crucesul uh San Luis game and I I have been I've been fortunate enough to catch uh, most of the Crucesol matches. Um And I am super impressed with uh, their goalkeeper, Gabriela Machuca. She's, she's been in the league for a while and I don't know, I feel like she's always kind of struggled. Um, And maybe it was just a reflection of the defenses that were put in front of her. Mm -hmm. Um, But she has looked absolutely outstanding. These first three games Um, she pitched her first uh, clean sheet. This, this last time against uh, San Luis. And I think she let in one goal each against, uh, who was it? Uh, America and Tijuana, I want to say. Um, But she has looked absolutely fantastic. And if she can keep up this, this run of form, um, Cruz Azul could actually, you know, potentially depending on who they draw in, in, you know, if they they could make the Ligia and maybe get into that next round. I don't think we've ever seen them uh, do that before. Um, no. So it would be interesting to see um, how that goes. I think they've got the potential. They've got some uh, players who aren't necessarily going to light the world on fire, but are proven veterans in this league and can can put in goals. I'm thinking of, you know, somebody like Karime Aboud, right? Like she's been around the league forever. She, you know, she's good for anywhere from five goals five six goals a season right and and those are the sorts of players that you that you need especially if you can get a goalkeeper uh like machuca that's going to give you the opportunity to have a clean sheet or a one goal game every game um that was really cool i did not see the america tijuana game in its entirety i caught the highlights and that was the surprise of the week for me I did not expect Tijuana to get blown out like they did against America. I thought America probably was going to win. You know, it's always difficult going into the Azteca and playing. Um, But I was not expecting a five to nothing uh, beating. And it it didn't even look like it was particularly close. It wasn't one of those ones where it was like, oh, well, it could have been five (laughs) to three or something, you know, or, or they lit in a fluky couple of goals. No, it was it was just all bad for Tijuana. Um, You know, the, the good thing for, for fans of Sholos and Manil is that this is the third week and there's plenty of time for them to bounce back uh, against, uh, you know, bounce back in the league and and put a game against an opponent opponent that they never really, um, they don't, they don't ever line up well against América for whatever reason Um, and and put that (laughs) behind them. And, and come back uh, strong and make a run for the Ligia.
0: Yeah, I mean, and again, one of the things that we regret is Alison Gonzalez is also out due to injury, um, particularly because she missed uh, her first season with America after joining um, because of an injury. And now, again, she has a, a knee injury, which hopefully um, won't take as long a recovery, but she did have to go through surgery. So... Uh, the thing I, I regret the most, and we'll probably we'll talk about this in, in a little bit, is um, these key players that are getting injured just before Pedro Lopez will give out his first call up for the national team. Um, so hopefully they'll still make it. They have time um, for, for the Revelations Cup, which is coming up next month. Uh, but still, I, I just really hope that all the players that we hope to see in the national team or th- that we think should be giving a chance in, in the national team um, are available and are not out due to injury, because that would be a real shame.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, I think you're going to be missing, Licha, Um, most yeah. likely. Uh, Licha yeah, will most likely. I I would imagine. Now, I you know, I'm I'm no doctor. I, I don't even play one on TV. <laughs> but um, you know, I would imagine that she would be not. She would not be ready to to go into camp. The camp uh for the Revelations Cup. Well, I don't know when the camp starts, but I know that the the, the competition itself starts on February the fifteenth in mm-hmm. León. So I don't imagine she would be ready to go in what, uh, 20, 21 days, three weeks. Yeah. Um, that would be a huge ask f- for a grade two sprained knee, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, stranger things have happened, but we will not be seeing Alison Gonzalez, uh, because of injury. Um, and, and, you know, and now I'm thinking, you know, some of the old stalwarts that usually go somebody like Katie Martinez she hasn't really been getting a lot of playing time. I don't know if she's going to to get the call-up.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, there was this issue um, regarding some, um, like a, a bad relationship with Angel Villacampa. She mm-hmm. wasn't getting the minutes. Um, it's not that I like players getting into trouble or not, not having a good relationship with coaches, but I do appreciate coaches understanding that despite how good a player is, the team comes first. So, um, I mean, after that, it seems as though they, they kind of softened things out and they were getting along a little better, I think. But yeah, definitely. It's not the Gatti we've seen in previous seasons um, just being that key player. She's still starting off from the bench with America, maybe because of the injury, she'll get a chance uh, with the national team, but it seems as though if she doesn't get called up, it might not be such a big surprise. If again, she she's still not um, in the starting lineup, if she's still not getting those playing minutes, um, on the other hand, someone that is getting the minutes and the goals is Kiana Palacio. She got three goals against Cholos. Um, I apologize for the ambulance that's coming right through, like outside <laughs> the window. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, it it would be interesting to see Kiana uh, on the squad, seeing as though she is, um, really, she's doing really well in the league, and particularly in this, as a striker. I mean, you you really want those key players that are really in the hot zone right now uh, being called up and just taking that advantage and that responsibility
2: and,
0: and as a forward. So I'm guessing we might see her, um, in, in that start and in that call up for the national team.
1: That would be super cool to see her. I think somebody else who would be an easy, uh, person to, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm a betting person, which I'm not, uh, but if I was, uh, to bet to be part of the squad would be Christina Birkenrode. Um, Oh she yeah. Ha- she put up three against Mazatlan. Um, I'm not sure how many she has on the season, but it's a lot. And I would imagine, you know, she's in a good run of form right now. She's healthy. Um, a lot of other forwards are are ne- not necessarily healthy in a good run of form or unfortunately both. So it would be very easy to see her, um, getting a call up and perhaps, you know, getting, uh, helping Mexico figure out, um, the lack <laughs> this of score. new project. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean,
0: I, mean, I mean, something we struggled with so much, um, during the CONCACAF qualifiers. I mean, we didn't get that goal, right? It's crazy. Um, it's crazy.
1: It- the amount of goal scores that, that we have <laughs> in the league and up and down the rosters and nobody could score a goal in the W when it counted the most.
0: I, yeah, definitely. And I mean, Christina's is going to have some competition now because this, this Desiree was announced uh, to rejoin Rayadas, um, historic goal scorer for the mm-hmm. Liga MX. I mean, she gave the other players six months advantage when she was off at Glasgow. Um, <laughs> still, I mean, that, she's still oh. keeping that Liga MX record, but it will be really interesting to see if um, if she can play alongside Christina. if the internal competition for the striking position is going to get a lot more intense. Yeah, um, that's going to be really, really interesting. I mean, I remember uh, back when Rayadas won, won the league in 2021 against Tigres. Um, I remember asking like, uh, I mean, you, you just won the championship against Tigres at the Universitario. What what's what would what, what, what the only thing be missing would be a national team call up and she says I'm ready whenever they want me to be and it's and it's weird right because we've seen her be so have so so such great performances throughout the league um, and she never got on a call up so I don't know if the opportunity might come with Pedro Lopez uh, pro- probably not at this point because I mean she hasn't played but <laughs> knowing Desiree it won't take her long to actually just get used to the team and start scoring again. But I don't know. It also starts it makes me think if we should start calling up these players despite their age or if we should just force that generational change in in the team. Because sadly, we're not going to the World Cup. um, We're not going to the Olympics either. So you might need a younger rather than a more experienced older squad. And you just have the time to build up on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really going to depend on what the new coach wants to do. I think there is value in calling up um, older players, um, yeah, leadership, roles, leadership right? players, Maybe. you know, yeah. showing them the ropes, um, you know, somebody like Desiree um, you know, she may not be in realistically in the plans for the next world cup cycle but that doesn't mean she she doesn't necessarily have anything to offer right now Mm -hmm. um she could serve as a mentor to some of the younger uh players um you know and and you know is a fierce competitor and would certainly bring out um the best i think in a lot of uh you know some of the younger players that they would call in um, I mean, that's how I would approach it. I would look at, yeah. you know, who do I want to be there for the next world cup cycle? And who do I have now that I think could help them reach their potential? And, and she has
0: a coaching degree
1: as well. That's right. I always, I always forget about that. She is a a woman of many talents, um, an <laughs> architect, a, a, a coach. And oh yeah, by the way, also a hundred plus goal scorer in the professional league in Mexico. And by the way, what a flex for Riadas, right? Not only yeah. do you go out and thrash Mazatlan nine to nothing, but the next day you announce, oh yeah, by the way, we are bringing back Desiree Montsevas, the league's leading all-time goal scorer.
0: In case you thought we <laughs> didn't have, like score enough goals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm really happy um like she's back. I'm glad they let her go because it was probably something that she was interested in, just experiencing another league, another like culture. Um, I really hope other teams are open to giving up players that opportunity. Despite it, despite it being a really short absence, um, I'm pretty sure she grew even more so as an architect, as a coach, as a player. Um, Hopefully other teams will look into that as well. Just, uh, I don't know, sending players on loan abroad, giving them six months, year. Um, Hopefully they could stay abroad, but if not, they'll just come back even stronger and that'll just be ever more beneficial for the league.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, getting, getting experience abroad um, even if it's just to leave your comfort zone, to go to live in a place that you've possibly never even been before, speaking a language you don't speak or don't speak very well, and immersing yourself in a culture, not only in an, in an area but also with a new team culture, um, I think that helps players grow. I think that helps them become adaptable. Um, You know, for younger players, obviously it has benefits. I think for older players too. I think it will help. um you know, when she decides that she is no longer going to play soccer, I mean, time, time waits for no person, um, no matter how great they are. And, um, you know, that kind of experience I think will, will only serve her well, um, going forward.
0: Yeah. I I can definitely see her coaching. But in a really, uh, nearby future. Hopefully not too soon because it means that she retired, but, um, I think it's it's leaning towards that maybe like like uh, on a youth level and then I don't know just growing I, I, I'm i trying to remember what who's the other player that also got a coaching degree with her I think it was my I, I think it was Andrea Sanchez at some point uh, but I had to I check in on so. that
1: I think I think you're right I would definitely check that though but yeah, yeah I definitely remember it I thought it was a couple of players that got coaching degrees mm-hmm. and that's cool to see it's cool to see that there is going to be a next generation of, of coaches um, and coaches who have been through the league. Um, and, yeah. you know, let's, you know, there wasn't nobody who played in the league as, as a coach now, because the league has only been around for a short period of time, but we are now approaching the age where we're going to start to see ex players come in and see how they do. And that's such a cool thing. I, I, I love seeing that.
0: And the league sent out a press release um, regarding some former players who are um, assistant coaches, for instance, in in the youth level. So that was that's, that's pretty cool. So, I mean, we, we still might not see them uh, sometime soon as uh, first division coaches, but definitely the U18 uh, division is getting some former players starting off their coaching uh, careers in there. So that, that's pretty interesting as well, just seeing them continue and getting those opportunities um, now that we have the U18 as, available as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And if they stand up um, you know, uh U15s or U17s or U 16s or whatever other um youth uh setups, uh kind of like they have with the men and boys. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's coming and you will absolutely need coaches for that. And um, you know, let's hope that there will be um ex players who are interested in that and uh can have long and fulfilling careers doing such.
0: Yeah. And, and looking forward to to next uh, the next jornada, what game are you eager to see, uh, Eugene?
1: Oh man, I I'm still not over this past one. There was so much <laughs> that, that went on. I, I haven't even really looked at at uh, at next week. Oh my gosh, um, let me there's, think. There's a
0: Pumas Pachuca game, which I think might be quite interesting.
1: Oh, I I think it's going to be Pachuca exacting revenge on. Um, pumas for the poor showing that they feel that they had at juarez um (laughs) it it might be it might be kind of not looking forward to that one to be perfectly honest
0: (laughs) i mean we we, we spoke about the chivas juarez game definitely intriguing um as a chivas fan i'll go into the game and i'll be be, like extremely like cautious about thinking oh it's an easy win um i'll probably be quite nervous um let me see i think I mean, I, I, it's not that I, th- I think it's gonna be a great match. I just want to see what Toluca is up to. They face Tigres. Mm. Um, seems as though a terrible scenario for Toluca, but um, I'd like to see what the team is looking, um, how the team is looking at it. just uh, after all these changes, the results. I, I just want to see what they're up to, and oh yeah, and, that's, and hopefully, yeah, they'll do a, l- a little bit better.
1: That could that could be ugly. That could be really ugly, uh, given yeah. how Tigres has has been looking lately i think another game i'm going to try and keep my eye on um is san luis versus atlas i think
0: yeah somebody facing his former team
1: his old team i think there's a lot of cool storylines there i think that's one of them i think you know san luis was kind of tagged with juarez for being one of those teams that you thought could if they you know got maybe a couple of breaks or something could make it to the liguia and possibly depending on who they match up against um, you know, go into that second round at has always kind of been that team. And I think, um, I think both of them are really out. It should be really out to prove that, uh, you know, they are, they should be taken seriously as, as far as, uh, their, their Leguia ambitions go. I think at, but San Luis probably has a little bit more urgency to win, um, yeah. simply because they're further down the table. They've got, uh, Three points uh, right now. Atlas has six, uh, and they're playing at home, and uh, that's always a, it's always a difficult place to to go and, and try and snatch a point. So that should that should be a fun one.
0: Yeah, definitely. We'll keep an eye on those.
1: Um,
0: yeah. Hopefully, we'll get we'll get a national team call up sometime soon. Um, I mean, we spoke about the Revelations Cup. Um, it will take place in Leon, mid February. We're facing Costa Rica, Colombia, um, and Nigeria is Nigeria, is yeah. Interesting, yeah. interesting combination. It'll be really great to see those teams over here as well. Um, and hopefully we'll start seeing um, what what Pedro Lopez wants to bring to his team. Maybe some some key players coming in, someone else getting second chances. I don't know. We, we haven't seen much of him um, yet. So it will be really interesting to get that first glance of what the team is up to this year. Um, and yeah, just take advantage of the, of the time you have. You have nothing else to do because <laughs> sadly we're not going to the World Cup. So you have to just take advantage of, whatever time we do have to start building on that project
1: yeah I'm, I'm interested to see uh who he calls up so i can begin speculating as to what his uh project is going to look like
0: yeah yeah definitely <laughs> I, th- I think i think it's like we'll, we'll start looking into like those players and like oh so he's like looking for this player maybe she'll play in this position exactly yeah
1: exactly yeah.
0: oh yeah i can see us doing that definitely <laughs>
1: Okay, well, we are about to bring on our guest, our guest Melly to talk about the Bayern Munich versus Tigres friendly stick around. And we are here with a very special guest this evening, our friend Melly. Melly uh, is a huge Bayern Frauen fan. uh, And we wanted to talk to her about the experience with the friendly uh, with Tigres. Melly, how are you this evening?
2: I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing?
1: Doing well, doing well. So, uh, you know, this is the first time that I think a lot of Mexican fans have been exposed to Bayern, Um, you know, and and probably a lot of the first time that the Bayern fans have been exposed to Mexican soccer and Tigres. You know, what did you think about Bayern's overall uh, level of play? Like, you know, did they think they came in as like preseason level? Did you think they came in? Uh, looking, you know, out of form, in form, um, somewhere in between. What do you think?
2: Um, I think that, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit in between because um, they were on winter break, but they've also been traveling quite a lot. They had a pretty long training camp in Qatar with the men's team as well. And um, I know they had quite a lot there and then they had to travel back to Munich. And then fly out to Mexico so yeah I'd say you know maybe the girls were a little tired but I don't really think it affected their play as much as maybe they weren't quite expecting what Tigres threw at them during the game
1: (laughs) yeah I think um you know they um it's always it's always different coming into um to Mexico and playing um you know, coming into a different country and playing coming into that stadium um you know uh, i think mexican soccer fans are pretty familiar with the look and feel of el volcan the the, t- the stadium that they play in and uh the the kind of rowdy crowds that that go there and uh you know if if you're not used to that um you know that can be that can be a little off putting i'm sure um you know i'm assuming this is your first time watching uh, tigres play is that correct
2: um I have watched them a few times before but not sort of intently as I am now. Like if 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 I'm awake, if I'm working and I see there's a game on, I'll put it on one of my screens while I'm working. Um I do like to explore other leagues every now and then, so sort of. yeah. If I am How afraid, how exactly
0: can you watch the games? That that's amazing.
2: How exactly can you watch games <laughs> abroad? <laughs> um there's a I mean there's always a VPN. <clears throat> oh yeah. <laughs> but there are a couple games on YouTube. Um, the Tigré Facebook page also streams a few games, so if I hop onto Facebook, I can find them on there too.
1: Yeah, I, I share uh, your um, troubles. <laughs> yeah, troubles and need, and uh, thank goodness for for the kind people who put these games on YouTube in less than mm. less than legal manners, um, <laughs> so that the rest of us can enjoy them. Um, what did you think about Tigres' overall level of play?
2: Oh, it was fantastic. I actually had so much fun watching that game, despite the fact that we lost. <laughs> it was just, it it was so intense from the offset. And I mean, that's that's not something you're seeing in the Bundesliga. Um, you know, the Bundesliga teams usually like to play a sort of slower, more controlled, more physical game. But Tigres, you can see that they they have this immense intensity to their game and... You know, it doesn't matter if they they've chosen to play more defensively, if they've chosen to play more offensively. That it just seems like their players are everywhere all the time, <laughs> almost <laughs> like they have more than eleven players. In the- <laughs> but yeah, it was exciting. You know, that that kind of football is is really exciting to watch as well.
1: Yeah, I I enjoyed watching the kind of interplay between the styles. Uh, like you said, you know, Tigres is kind of all over the place it's 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 like you know throwing a rock at a beehive and then having them all <laughs> kind of come at you at once and uh you know uh byron looked like they were they were you know used to playing a kind of like you said like controlled uh okay. sort of style and and uh, it, it i don't think they were really uh expecting expecting that from from tigres and i think it made for an interesting match um you know how do you think you know from what you saw how do you think Tigres would do in something like the Frauen Bundesliga or even uh, you know the UEFA WCL
2: um yeah i mean so i was thinking about this during the week and you know it's always it's always tough to see a sort of completely different style of play coming into europe but i mean europe europe european is all about possession they they love possession they love controlling the game and To have a team like Tigres come in, um, you're looking at the European teams having to adapt. You know, you want them to shift between the lines, stop relying on possession and control so much and and put that intensity into their matches as well.
1: Yeah, I think think both sides kind of can learn a lot from one another. I think that's what makes... um, you know, the partnership that they were that the both clubs were kind of touting, uh, from the start of the you know, from the start of Byron's time there. I think that's uh, something that really can build on is just that that kind of institutional knowledge and sharing that and how to deal with different scenarios that both clubs will you know eventually face, whether it's domestically, whether it's in uh, continental competition. Hopefully, we'll get something like that uh, here in in, in CONCACAF, uh, sooner yeah. rather than later. Um, what, what, what struck you most about the match? Like when you're watching this, was there ever, was there a moment where you just kind of were soaking it in and just something really just caught your eye?
2: Oh, it has to be the support. I mean, you know, the the Bundesliga, you've seen uh, a level of growth, especially since the European championships, but you know, with, with TGAs, you're seeing that every week that the fans are showing up and they're singing and especially for a friendly, I mean, you know, this is a friendly match. This, obviously, yes, there was a trophy on the line, but it's just, it's exciting to see the fans showing up for their team all the time. And especially in that amount, it just, it, it makes sort of the, you know, the electricity in the stadium and yeah, just makes it all the more fun to be watching.
1: actually, gotcha. Yeah. I thought I always, always am amazed by, by um, how Tigrés fans uh, turn out for for events like that, even for a friendly, like you said, I mean they they always turn out. But to have almost thirty five thousand turnout for a friendly was was really uh, quite amazing. And uh, you know, I hope uh, both uh, both sets of players and fans alike enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, can you gauge? The reaction of other Bayern fans you know about what they thought about Tigres um and, and the the partnership or potential partnership and and all of that um kind of going through
2: yeah I mean we we have a little Bayern group chat on Twitter that we used to talk about matches and stuff a lot and I think a lot of Bayern fans are really looking forward to seeing what this partnership can bring for Bayern and for for Tigres as well and what the other clubs can, can really teach one another, because I think there's, there's quite a lot there, especially, you know, there's sort of different, you've got the support aspects of things that I'm sure Tigres can show Bayern. And then you've got that sort of controlled football, which Bayern can help Tigres with. And then you've got that intensity. So I think the fans are quite exciting, well, excited about it. Um you know partnerships like this aren't exactly announced every day you've just had Wolfsburg announce their partnership with Chicago Red Stars and now Bayern choosing Tigres it's it's quite a I don't know to me it's quite a special partnership and I'm excited for what it'll bring in the future.
0: and what do you think um, could come from this in the future I mean it's quite exciting for us as well just to see clubs start to think about relationships with other clubs, um, not necessarily in the United States, which is like our closest neighbor, but like in Europe. So, what do you think could come from this, um, from from Bayern perspective, or maybe from Tigres' perspective as well?
2: Um, well, it's it's already been said that you know Tigres will be sending uh, three players and coaches over to us, but I, don't, I would also like to see Bayern players moving over to spend some time with Tigres because. Um, They could also learn a lot from them, take that knowledge back. Um, I'd love to see more friendlies between the two clubs. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, You know, if Bayern could show the same hospitality, if Tigres were to come over to Germany, um, I think that would be fantastic we can send
0: some
1: rowdy fans as well probably to germany
2: to buy an ultras <laughs> yeah
1: secret fans travel i would not put it past them to show up in a decent number in munich
2: they would have to host a game at the Allianz, then that would be that would be phenomenal i think for for both um, they could get as many fans as they can into that arena brilliant
1: that would, be, that would be certainly be something to behold. Um, Adriana, did you have any other questions uh, for our guest? Um, no, maybe just um, what, what do you think? How, how far do you
0: think DIGAS will go in the tournament? Seeing as though um, it's not your first time watching them, um, how do you think they'll do this season?
2: I would like them to win. Seeing as Again? they are, you know. <laughs> hey, now they're our partner club. I'm obligated to support them. Ah, true, true. So, yes, <laughs> the more trophies, the better, you know.
0: That's true. They, they could win that, um, that friendly over at Alliance anytime soon, though, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that could be the prize yeah. for winning
0: this season. That would be awesome. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. Melly, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Um, we, we've enjoyed uh, having you on. Um, and, you know, if there's any, uh, do you want to leave our listeners with where they can find you uh, on social media and, uh, you know, uh, how to how to get in contact, uh, you know, if they want to start learning about uh, uh, Bayern Frauen.
2: Yeah, um, I am on Twitter. Um, Zadra Ball, like uh, Sarah Zadra, she is my favorite player. Uh, it's all on the end. Very easy. But, um, yeah, if you want to know how to watch the league, because the, the Bundesliga is one of the more difficult leagues to get hold of in the world. But, um, yeah, that's where you can find me, just on Twitter. And if you have any questions, just DM me. I think my messages are typically open.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much. And thanks thanks again for staying up uh, so late with us. We, we really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, it's no problem at all. I need to get myself a Tigres jersey as
0: well. We'll definitely start tweeting out that they need to like have um, possibility of sending uh, T-shirts abroad.
2: <laughs> Specifically
0: to it. Germany now that now that your guys are partners. That's true.
2: Exactly, we could stock each other's jerseys in each other's stores. I mean, we're both Adidas clubs, or <laughs> right. that should make things a bit easier. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that that really would be yeah. So, we'll yeah.
0: definitely tweet that out and start and start making some kind of <laughs> movement so we can start seeing those jerseys over there. And definitely, I mean, we saw several uh, Bayern jerseys over here at the Universitario as well. So it's just a matter of making that um, just a bit stronger and making sure they're available.
2: Yeah, it looks like the, the girls took quite a few jerseys over from different seasons even. So I saw a couple of jerseys floating around after the match. Awesome.
0: Well, thank yeah. you so much, Melit. It's been great talking to you um and good luck to Byron as well
2: this this season oh thank you we do need a little bit of that (laughs) 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 thank you guys I really enjoyed chatting with you and I'm looking forward to to what this partnership can bring for both of our groups likewise awesome thank you Melly thanks Melly cool have a good one